Podcast. I am your Drive Home Podcast host, Ryan. Uh, kind of tripping over my my tongue there. <laughs> I uh, bit my cheek earlier, and so I'll, um, you know, just to make excuses, you know, that's what I love to do. Um, but yeah, uh, bit my tongue. I mean, I bit, bit the side of my cheek. And part of like the underneath of my tongue, and uh, yeah, I do that from time to time. I got a fat face, fat cheeks. It happens. Um, I hope everyone is driving home safe. I hope everyone's having a, a safe commute and a lovely evening. And I hope everyone's just uh, having a good time hanging out. Um, I am. Kind of just uh, doing more of these by myself. Um, you know, whatever. Got to keep um, putting these out, basically. And, uh, man, I wish I could keep this here. Oh, that doesn't work. It goes right back up. Again, not ready for live. Not even close. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, um, but yeah. Let's do this thing. I hope everyone's having a good evening. I so far am. I like I said, I just got home. Um, lately, I haven't had a whole lot to say. Man, still adjusting things down here. I got this boom mic. I actually took my co-host Tim's boom mic. Sorry, Tim, but your mic is gone. So, um. Yeah, and I gave him my old mic, boom mic arm. It's not great, but mine is more versatile. It moves better. It just sounds better. It's all around better. So, um, yeah, it, it it was expensive too, and I paid for it. So, <laughs> sorry. I just I got a lot going on over here. Like I said, I was doing some some spring cleaning last weekend, and. Looks pretty nice down here. I mean, all I did was kind of put this uh, glass tower. It's like a, um, oh, it's like an entertainment center back in the day. Like, not even that far back in the day. I mean, I guess people can still have it for like, um, <clears throat> you put like, it's a, it's not like a traditional one where it's like long, but it's, it's one small, um, like kind of like a rectangle, um, with glass plate shelves. And I actually got my rack mount stuff. It fits perfectly. <laughs> I love it. Um. And yeah, uh, I got. I'm actually on vacation next week. Pretty excited about that. I've scheduled a lot of podcasts for next week. <laughs> Maybe too many. Um, almost one every single day. I think I'm gonna get burned out by it. But we'll see how it goes. Trying to get some of these episodes going get more guests on here um so it is thursday actually thursday and i am sometimes at rehearsals on thursdays but tonight i'm free surprised we didn't have an easter rehearsal tonight normally we do thursdays but i don't know anyways Whatever. I'm not going to complain about it. Um, it's nice to have my few hours that I get to myself here. 
at home. Um, and to be with you guys. So, yeah, hope everyone's having a a, a great evening or week so far. Uh, I guess I'll do a little news. I don't have much. Let's see. I keep seeing a lot of uh, images, a lot of photos, like more than I have in anything else for this um, first look at the Joker sequel. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Lady Gaga playing, um, what's her name? Harley Quinn. Like we need another Harley Quinn already. We just got over her. We got, we're going to go through another 10 years of Harley Quinn. I don't know. Um, I am excited to watch that Mario movie. That looks great. I keep seeing a lot of good stuff about that too, but we needed a good animated movie. We haven't had one in a long time. Man, a lot of the stuff I see on Facebook, cooking stuff, like this dude straight up like foreign cooking. He just has a a basket of frogs, throws them in a deep fryer. Next thing you know, he's eating them. Like dipping them in some type of sauce. The sauce looked pretty good. I bet it's good. But dude, to, to eat a these are what kind of frogs? They're the ones that when they breathe out, they have that that bubble that comes out of their their un, from under their belly. It looks like a. It's weird. I don't know if they're even breathing out. I don't. I think they might be taking in air. I don't even know. I know nothing about amphibians. But man, I saw this video. I'm seeing. I'm watching this right now. God, and they're just, ugh, frying frogs. Gross. Whatever. Hey, I guess you eat what you gotta eat. But um, that and then uh, I saw this one. Um, this dude took a turtle. At first, he's, like, trying to get the turtle to eat hot peppers. I guess he wanted it to be, like, a spicy a spicy meat. So he's, like, forcing, he, and he, he's, he, like, takes a bite of it and gives it, and the turtle eats a bite of it. And, <laughs> and then, uh, and then he just drops the turtle on this, like, scolding, um, thing of boiling I'm guessing just boiling water and just throws him in there and his head just kind of like the turtles actually it doesn't look like it I think it slowly cooked him to death because it it's actually sitting there and he's throwing like parsley and other in ingredients and the turtle's actually eating it while it's in the water and and then uh, he, he cooks it good and uh, takes it out Cracks open the bottom stomach. That's like a shell too. And uh just starts gnawing away like it's a, a chicken wing, man, like a chicken breast. He just went right at it. Just oh God. Can you imagine this? Like eating that? And then he took he did some hot sauce on that thing too. He actually did something that looked pretty good though. When he took the belly off, he kind of dipped the guts and everything that he was eating in a bunch of white rice. And he put like the sriracha sauce on it. 
And he just went to town on that turtle, man. Didn't even gut it. <laughs> I guess that's all it is, is guts. But, oh, hey, man, I, I'm not trying to sound racist or anything. If that's your culture, God bless you. If that's how you were raised, if you know about that kind of thing, if that's struggle, that's de-struggle. I mean, my goodness. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine it. Um, let's see. Um... News, news, news. This whole, this past week, Donald Trump indictment. Um, pretty crazy stuff. I really don't know a whole lot about it. I try to stay away from this kind of stuff, but it is historical. It's a historical thing for a former president to have a mug shot. I mean, Wow. We're living some we're living through some times, aren't we? I mean, my goodness. That happens and Oh man. That's crazy. And then uh Man. You know, I'm still like tripping over the whole shooter thing last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was. You know, it's so sad. That happened at that school. Uh, I, my cousin, she has a, a daughter who's like, you know, we, we look at this like, oh, okay. It's like another tornado. We did tornado drills in school. It was no big deal, but this isn't a natural disaster. This is, and I get a, I get that fire drills are also that can be caused by man. We always kind of laugh those off big time, but, um, it was like a, a way to get out of class for a few minutes, you know, but she's like genuinely scared. And like, what if someone gets me? She was telling my cousin, like all this stuff, like, like how heartbreaking, you know, that you're like, what do you say? You can't protect your daughter. They're, they're in school or your child or whatever. They're in school and they're supposed to be protected and they're not being, it's wrong. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's a heart issue, obviously. Uh, people say, oh, America is sick. Well, no, it's, <laughs> people are, are broken. There's a lot of broken people out there. Just, man. Um. Yeah, still can't get over all that. It's it's sad. And close to home because I got, like, like I said, my family and my cousins, they live in Nashville. So, yeah, it's a little close to home for them. I can see why they're doing that there with the kids. Um, active shooter drills. <laughs> it's just it's just bonkers. Um, let's see. Oh, McDonald's. Yeah, let's go from that to McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's this 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 week closed their corporate offices for an entire week. That's a very McDonald's thing to do. 
there. That's the joke I, I thought of. I had to just throw that in there. It's a little Jay Leno joke. But if anyone is going to close their corporate office for a week, it would be McDonald's, right? I mean, come on. Anyway, it would be them. What other company does that for a whole week? That's crazy. That's all I got for that. Sorry. It's a little uh, little bit. You know, really working on my comedy here. You know. Um. Let's see. Uh... Yeah. Um. Today is Thursday. April 6th, figured I'd just come on here and kind of tell a story. It's a story that happened to me. I, I mentioned this, I I mentioned this on my first ever podcast. It's called The The Drive. And it was very bad and awful. I had no idea what I was doing back then. I still have no idea what I'm doing now, but whatever. Um. So back in, well, I'll even start. I'm going to tell the whole story. So, when I was a kid, when I when I was a baby, actually, um, and my mother, I'll start with this. My mom, my mother is a nurse. She was a nurse for many many years. I'm not. I, I can't. She can't. She can tell this story better than anyone else. Anyone I know. I can't even tell this story that great, but she does a great job at it. So, um. So when I was born, and my mom was a nurse, and she had been a nurse for a few years, and she noticed right away that I had um, very dark urine for a baby, for a newborn, and she pretty much knew right off the bat that I had something was wrong, just with her being in the medical field. So, um, she knew right away, uh, that something was wrong. She, we went to the doctor. They had to do a biopsy on my kidney when I was maybe two years old or maybe three. I don't know. I was young. And, um, (laughs) it's crazy. As I'm telling this, I'm like thinking of other stuff. Anyways, I'm going to try and stay on track here the best I can. Um, so yeah, uh, the doctors they they diagnosed me at like two years old with a condition called chronic nephritis. It's a, a form of renal failure, which is a kidney disease. It is um, uh, you can live with it. Uh, you're you're not gonna die as long as you. Uh, well, back then this was 1980. This was the 1980s. So 1980. Let's say I was like 1988, around that time or 89. Um, medical advances on this whole thing was very new as far as treating chronic nephritis, um, a renal failure. Um, it was very new. Trans- kidney transplants have been around for a long, long time, but as far as treating and prolonging your kidneys, that process has not um, been around very long. So at that time it hadn't. Now it has. It's it's 2023. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, they basically told my mom that I would have a. By the time I turned 10 years old, I would be on dialysis, which at the time 
they would do a fistula, which was like a, a tube. Basically, they, they, they fuse a, a, a vein and an artery together or maybe a couple of veins. I'm not exactly sure, but I've heard this before. And, and it, it makes like a super vein in your arm. And that way they can take this giant needle and go through your blood and, and kind of transfuse your blood. And this was how they would do dialysis forever. Pretty harsh way to clean out one's system. Um, so, you know, my, my mom's very religious and always been in prayer over it. And, and, you know, I was raised very, you know, look, for the most part, pretty, pretty healthy. You know, we, we never really, um, you know, I, I pretty much in, indulged in food or whatever, like any other kid, but I always knew to stay away from salt and, um, potassium, potassium is because my mom, her being a nurse, she knew all this stuff. <coughs> and, um, yeah, I, I, with, um, being in renal failure, uh, it, it, it required me to be on a lot of meds, uh, a lot of, uh, I, I've been on so many different types of experimental meds, not even really experimental, but just experimenting with different meds. Um, just to maintain my kidney function throughout my life, throughout my whole life. Um, so when I got to about age, fast forward to 18, 19, I started feeling pretty, I was pretty overweight in high school, going through puberty and everything. I, I definitely gained a lot of weight. Um, by 18, 19, I was very, very overweight. Like, Probably, I hate to say it, but probably about as overweight as I am right now. <laughs> like almost, uh, I, I feel like I've definitely like, I don't know. Now I don't look as overweight as I did back then, but I was the same weight. I was about maybe two, well, 220, I was maybe like 235, I would say, pushing 240, somewhere around there. I was, I was overweight. I was, a, I was a fat kid. I just was all through high school and I wear like I wore like a size forty pants. I mean, yeah, I definitely my waist is shrunk. So yeah, I guess I. It's weird because right now I'm at two. I've been working out like I've said on here. It's a joke. Whatever, <laughs> whenever I can. Uh, I just actually just got done working out, but I'm at like two fifteen right now. So my goal is two ten. I'm doing small goals. And anyways, not to get off topic. Um, going through going through puberty, you know, you you. Yeah, and my weight always kind of went up and down a little bit through through teen years. But by by the time I graduated, I was very overweight. I was eating very unhealthy. I remember my senior year, I I was eating, <laughs> I was eating, I'm not even kidding you. Every morning, a coffee with a donut for breakfast. Senior year, I went to a, a vocational school, so they didn't care. What, it was like a work school, so they didn't care. We were like employees. They didn't care what we did. <laughs> we were drinking coffee. I drink coffee and donuts and the first thing in the morning or my mom would send me a coffee and, uh, and then, uh, for lunch I would have, <laughs> cause I would have to have lunch. I would have like a chicken patty. Oh man, I can describe this. You know, I could talk about food on here. Y'all, this was a chicken patty with like provolone cheese and it just with the bread and it, it was so good, dude. I can taste that chicken patty right now. It is so good. And I would put, I would open up the patty, put mayo on that. 
and that thing, the mayo was like, it was like Heinen's or whatever. Um, that that really rich mayonnaise, and uh, I um, I would also have they had crinkle fries, a side of crinkle fries, and dip those in little things of mayonnaise and and ketchup. Oh my goodness, was that good? Oh, and then because that wasn't enough. The oh no no no, I would have. Because we would do blocks in school. I don't know if you guys ever did that. But the classes would be like only four classes a day, but they'd be like an hour and a half long. It was awful. My last block, we would get like a break time because the teacher just sucked. So I would go down there and I would get these jalapeno. It was, um oh, man, they were so good. Salted pretzels with jalapeno cheese. And this was every day, Monday through Friday I did this. So I was big. I was a big boy. I, I was pushing. I don't even know how much I weigh, but I had to have been pushing 240 at least at, at 18 years old. But anyways, that didn't help my health. <laughs> Eating like that certainly did. Oh, and Mountain Dew. I remember I had to have Mountain Dew with that pretzel. Oh, my goodness. I can taste it right now. Ah, I want carbs so bad. But, you guys, I've been eating salads. It's killing me. Ah. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Because I've really butchered this. I wanted this to be a nice little, maybe a Mother's Day episode or something. I don't know. <laughs> Not anymore. I've gotten to my old ways of rabbit trailing and derailing everything. But back to this. <sighs> today. The reason for today. And I'm not sure if I said how many years, but seven years ago today. Um. Anyways. Um. And, and, of course, when I hit 21, drinking, partying, acting like a fool, that didn't help. That didn't help my, my kidney disease. So I'm sure all these things, eating however I wanted, it all contributed. It, it, it certainly did not help me be by being unhealthy. That was very unhealthy behavior when I was growing up. But now I know better, whatever. As much as I want, oh, I miss it. I miss eating like that. Oh, man. I can seriously, I'm not even kidding you guys. I can taste those crinkle fries. They were always crispy and perfect. Oh, man. <sighs> Anyways, I'm dying here. I'm hangry. I'm hangry, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that behavior, though, growing up in my 20s, my early 20s, it just did not help me, and I got sicker, and... Eventually, eventually I just, um, I started throwing up when I got, basically by the time I got to 25, 26, that's, that's when I started like getting really sick and throwing up and, um, you know, that type of thing. Trying to move this mic. I started getting really sick and, um. I had a lot of crazy stuff happen to me around that same time. I almost died in a car accident. It was in a horrible car accident. <clears throat> but yeah, my mom all throughout the years and, and I would see kidney doctors and Dr. Horowitz. He was my doctor, nephrologist. He was, he was a great younger guy, but he was a great doctor and my mom liked him. Um, 
he would go along with what my mom would su- suggest. So another crazy thing about my mom is she, you know, the older she got, she started doing different jobs and she eventually was doing a job in, in research and medicine research. And a lot of the medicines and case trials that should be put on were revolving around renal failure and revolving around um, the very thing I was going through, which was just eerie. And she she gave uh, a lot of this information to him. Let it be known that this is what she did for a living. This is what's helping. And he took that information. It really helped prolong my kidneys. And the longevity was was much longer than 10, age 10, like they said back in the 80s. Again, that was 80s, but um, I, I didn't, I, they said I would be on dialysis at age 10. I wasn't on dialysis until age 20, 29. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um, yeah, uh, that really helped. And um, yeah, it was around the time that I got my job. Um, uh, where I've been, I've been, I've been in my current job, my current place of employment that I've never revealed on here, but I think most people already know where I work. <laughs> if you know me, um, but anyways, uh, I've been there almost 10 years. It's a good job. It's a decent job. It's got retirement and benefits and stuff. That's all y'all need to know. And, um, I'm going to try and stay there the long haul. But uh, anyways, um, Around that time where I started working, uh, that was about 2013. I was about 26 or 27. And um, that was when I started getting really sick all the time. And I would end up in the hospital. My levels were, were horrible. And I and it was weird because I felt fine except for certain moments. It was weird. It crept up on me. I didn't always know how bad I felt. Like I didn't realize I felt that bad, you know, like I didn't realize I felt that awful, but uh, it was weird. But yeah, um, when I got sick, I got sick and I had to do dialysis. So, um, at the time I was living in Youngstown. I know I've talked about that before, but that was actually the reason why I had to move back home is I had to go on dialysis. So what I did was, I know I mentioned earlier the the, the fistula. It was it's called a fistula, where they fuse the artery in the in the um the vein. I did not have to do that. What they did with me is they did what's called peritoneal dialysis, which goes through your your abdomen, and there is an area that everyone has uh, that a pocket of air between. I want to say like the spleen and I, I don't know. I sound like an idiot. I have no idea. But I do remember them saying that and that's where the treatments would would take place. And they found that they um, I had to put a port from my stomach, kind of like a diabetic, um, which is much better than having a, a giant scar on your arm from a fistula. That's, oh, couldn't imagine. And... Um, basically, um, I was given these solution bags where I would hang kind of like an IV drip. You hang it 
you break the thing and you you tap it and you let the the solution come down. I learned they and basically what I did was it was home peritoneal dialysis. So I learned to do it, did it from home. Didn't want to be tied down because otherwise, because I was working full time, I didn't want to have to go to work and then right after three times a week go sit in a facility for five hours. I didn't want to do that. I would have rather just do this. And it was a lot easier. I could do it from home. They they gave me a machine to rent and everything. It was crazy. So I moved home, started dialysis. That was like October of, I want to say 20. I had I only know this stuff because they, I did a lot of paperwork when I was off. I was off work for like four months, almost <laughs> almost a half a year. It's crazy, but I needed to know a lot of this stuff because they were constantly, okay, well, how, what's this? What's that? Like I didn't know. Like how long have you been on? When did you start it? Like those dates were important. It was like um, October of I want to say 2015. So, um, yeah, I started that October and did it for almost a year. And uh, I got a call one day. I got I got a call that said, "Ah, oh, their donor list," because I I was on a donor list was about maybe five years and I was like oh wow I was like kind of heavy like man I'm gonna be doing this for five years at the time I wasn't working I was like I was off and I was just kind of loving life because <laughs> it was like June I'm doing dialysis but I was at home all day not doing nothing I was like okay whatever I wish I could have done that for five years but anyways um yeah I it didn't hit me as heavy. Maybe I just, you know what, man? Sometimes things, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just me or what, but I kind of have a piece a lot about certain things. I, I get a piece about certain things. I, I, some things can be heavy. And I'm like, man, it's going to be okay. You know, there's like an everlasting piece that sometimes I, I feel, I, I don't know what it is. Um, but it didn't hit me that heavy, but anyways, um, I had family, I had my cousin in, out in Katy, Texas, um, testing to see if she would be a match. I had people, uh, my aunt, she tested to see if she'd be a, a match. Um, and my mom, my mom ended up being a match. And um, it was pretty crazy. Um, she was a perfect match. And, you know, with her going through all of this throughout the years and just knowing all of this and it, it leading up to, you know, this moment, it's just crazy how it all worked out, you know how God was like working it out. And it's a testimony that I'll, I'll forever have. I, I, I can't deny it. It's, it's something that I went through and that, that happened to me and it's, it's important to me and it's part of my story. It's, um, it's just something I went through and it, it sucks, but I came out on the other side of it and yeah, I, on this date, seven years ago, uh, yours truly, 
received a kidney transplant from the Cleveland Clinic. At the Cleveland Clinic, uh, my mother donated her kidney, and she was told to lose 50 pounds because uh, they, they, you know what, they, they tell everyone that. Everyone in Ohio is slightly overweight, and that's being generous, but talking about my mother here, all right? So everyone, I've heard other stories about this. Lose 50 pounds. Lose 50 pounds. They they do that as like almost like a precaution. Like lose 50 pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose. But they want you to be healthier when you're receiving. So when you're recovering, it's easier. It makes sense. And I was, man, I was skinny. I, <laughs> I was skin and bone. I, I had never been that skinny before. I went from being overweight in high school to by the time I, I was... 29 and needing a transplant I was skin and bone I just from just from being sick and throwing up all the time and it's amazing like I'm sure you guys know like if you ever get the got the flu you throw up once or twice you you feel like you've lost a lot of weight like you've just expelled all of the waste out of your body it's all gone all of it you're dry almost on a daily basis like once a day I'll be throwing up it's awful Ugh, but uh, it also wasn't that bad. <laughs> Afterwards, like oh, I feel better, you know. There's always that sensation afterwards, like oh, I feel relieved. But yeah, that's my story. That's that's that. I mean, I, I I've I've been wanting to I guess put that out in a audio journal, so or whatever, or some type of journal, or whatever, so that's documented, seven years, uh, seven is a lucky number, it's a perfect, the number of perfection in the Bible, so, um, I think it'll be a good year, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying for many, many more years of longevity with it, and, um, t- traditionally, they don't tell you a lot of, a lot of this stuff, you gotta look this stuff up, but, Traditionally, kidney transplants only last, and I don't even—I hate to even say that, but I'm knocking on wood. I can do that now without my nice. I can do that without my uh, <laughs> thing going boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I'm hoping it goes a long time, but traditionally it's 15 to 20 years. I would love for—I I remember my surgeon. Uh, he was an older guy, weird guy, man. Let, just as a side. You got to be a weird person to be a surgeon, right? Like, how weird is that? To be a type of person to want to cut people open their insides and look at it. And like, that's just weird, dude. I mean, that, I'm sorry. That's just bizarre. Like, y- y- you get off on that? Is that like a like a Norman Bates thing? Like, you're, you're, you're I don't know. It's it's a weird, obsessive thing. I They say a surgeon can never perform on their own child. I don't know if that's true. I think they're so routine- to just cutting in like it's not even flesh. I don't. Ugh. Anyways, my surgeon. <laughs> he seemed like a nice guy, but he was an older guy. He was. I think he's retired now. Goldfarb, Doctor Goldfarb. Shout out to him. He was. A, he did great. Kind of looked creepy though. He showed me a picture of a lady who was like in her forties. I want to say her. I forget how many years he said, but he said the kidney itself was like ninety-six years old. So like, this person has a ninety-six-year-old kidney inside of them. So that's pretty good. So, but yeah, it's definitely a miracle. It's a miracle 
I thank God for it. Um, it's a miracle. It really is. The, the, the advances that we are, that, that we're at these days, it's, it's incredible. It's to be able to do that. And basically, so the kidney transplants back in the day, they used to go through your back, which is like really dangerous (laughs) and painful to get your kidneys. Actually, a kidney transplant actually isn't a transplant. It's actually, I still have my two kidneys. They just don't work. It's actually, um, rerouting like the way your, your, your kidneys function into this new kidney, which is placed in the same area in my abdomen where, or near the same area where they where I was doing the treatments. So they put the, the donor's kidney in that area, which is wild. Um, they put it right in that area. It's crazy. Um, and that's where my kidney is. I hate to reveal that because it's kind of like a, man, it's like having a baby. It's almost like having a baby in my stomach. Got to take care of it. Like I can't, I can't bump my stomach hard. At least not, that's not, not, it's not like my stomach, but it's like the side, like kind of where your spleen would be. And it's not covered by anything. I don't, it's, it's, it's just an organ, you know, it's, it's weird. Kind of a Frankenstein in a way. <laughs> but at least I'm, at least I'm alive. At least I'm not, you know, on dialysis every evening, bound to, mach- to a machine, which wasn't, it had its ups and downs. You know, when you do stuff like that, it puts you in a routine. I think routines are good. I think when you're doing something in a routine, it's a good thing because it feels it feels healthy. You know what I do now is not a routine. I'm all over the place. I am unhealthy. <laughs> and, and that's another thing I got to admit. I, I have gained when I when I had my kidney transplant, I was in great shape. I, I was the best shape of my life. 30 years old, crushing it. Just I, I, I wasn't fat at all because I have just been so sick. And recovering in the hospital, I was eating everything. I was eating everything. And I couldn't eat everything. They they gave me a list of don'ts when I left. They said you gotta stay away from like shellfish and and that kind of stuff. And raw and like rare meats and raw meat, but obviously, but you like don't eat like a rare steak. At first I followed that for like maybe a couple of years, but man, I'm seven years out, man. I'm celebrating with a steak, baby. Come on. Medium rare. At least from Golden Corral with the sweet potato, the butter on it. So, yeah, that's my story. My mom, my mom donated. She is uh, she has done everything she could. She really has. I can't thank her enough. I really can't. Just from from the time I was born and, and detecting things and. And just being on it, like, my goodness. I don't know how she does it. And does it for a living. So, it, it, it just was wild how that whole thing was orchestrated. It was very divinely orchestrated. The whole thing. It had to have been. And, again, that's that's my testimony. That's what I have. I don't have all the answers to life. I don't. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I don't know. I don't know. I just know what happened for me and I believe he can do it for you. I believe God can, can heal people. You don't know how he's going to heal you. You know, you don't know how you're going to be healed. 
that my, that was a healing, obviously through the hands of doctors, but it, the way that it happened and it happened so fast, it was unheard of for someone to be on dialysis for six months. It was not even a year after. Now that I realize that, because October, it was it was only not even a year. And October to to yeah to uh, a, uh, April it was April sixth. So, again, seven years. Cheers for seven years. I kept this a clean episode I, in case my mom listens to it. <laughs> uh, nothing too crazy uh, going on with me. Um, gonna just enjoy the evening, you know, and get some good. I, you know, this year I'm not. We're gonna go tomorrow. Since Easter is actually in two days, which is crazy, or three days, yeah, um, yeah, we got Good Friday. There's a service, so probably gonna be doing something after service. As far as celebrating, we go out every year, me and my family, and we celebrate it. You know, it's another year, longevity. It was an it was an awesome uh, experience. I'll tell you again, being off work for four months was beautiful. It was the best time of my life. Go going through the transplant. I'll tell you the worst part, <laughs> and you can quit listening now, Mom. The worst part of this entire experience, it wasn't the throwing up. It wasn't the going through the doctor's appointments. It was. Uh, it wasn't the um, being in the hospital for four or five days or whatever. The worst part of this experience, can I tell you, <laughs> was having a catheter in my pee hole. That was the worst part of this experience, was having a freaking catheter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All you guys right now cringing right now because you imagine this tube, this tube that is like the size of, hmm, Okay, you know these quarter-inch cables that we have here, these little quarter-inch male, um, male end of a quarter-inch. Okay, I would say about that size, maybe slightly bigger. Yeah, putting that right up your pee hole. Yeah, not fun. Um, <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, I, I, they would come in. I had an entire team of doctors that would come in and they were, they would say, how's your pain level? I, on a one to 10, what's your pain level? Uh-huh. Uh, 11. I'm at 11. Why? Because I'm always going to be at 11 as long as this thing is my, is my, is my, my penis. As long as this thing is here, I'm always going to be 11. It's awful. The worst, the worst feeling in my life. I'm not kidding. The worst. Oh, 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 the worst. I'm telling you guys, it was the worst feeling of my life. The worst feeling of my life. <laughs> having that in there. And the worst part, actually, having it in there wasn't too bad. The The worst part of it was when you would, so you had no control over like your, your, your urine or anything. It would just be, <laughs> it would just kind of like, it would just kind of be like, um, whenever, cause it was so this, this tube that they put in there, it goes so all the way up to your bladder and it's like tapping your bladder and urine is bypassing all of that and going straight into this tube. 
and the tube is like a siphon and the siphon if you know how that that works i really don't know it's like air times <laughs> gravity <laughs> i don't know dude i don't know how that works and 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 it it would pull this stuff out <laughs> it would pull the urine out and it would just freaking hurt every time that it would like you hear it go like it would go into this big bucket underneath the bed and it was the when that would happen oh my god the worst feeling oh my god the worst feeling oh my god the worst i can't express to you how much that was awful oh my goodness it was so bad oh my goodness that was so I, I will never. And it's funny. I, I actually work with a guy who's went through the same thing. And uh, I try, it's, it's funny. He, he was like, oh, yeah, it was pretty bad, man. He's like, he said something else was really bad. I was like, dude, don't you think that thing being in your dick hole was like awful? And he's like, man, you're right, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was horrible. They haven't, like, dude, come on, man. Oh, one of my nurses. She was like, "Oh, I had one when I was like in when I was when I was having my baby. I actually liked it. I didn't have to get up. Well, maybe it's different for women, but as a man, having that thing and it's just flopping around. I'm like, dude, oh man, Ugh. oh my goodness, oh my goodness. It was that. And then the 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 day that they removed it, this lady, this nurse, she woke me up in the middle of the night." In the middle of the night, I guess because she wanted to wake up the entire floor. And she's like, I'm going to, um, there's a balloon. So that way you can't just pull it out. There's a balloon that literally would blow out your, your pee hole if you pulled it all the way out. You can't. It's impossible. It's a balloon that, that they fill up once it's all the way up to your bladder. Yeah. <laughs> so... First thing they do, she's like, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take this thing. You're going to feel pressure relief. That's the balloon emptying. Em Ugh, I can't talk. Emptying. And then I'm going to just pull it on three. And I think, I swear to God, she pulled it out on two. Or not even at three. And I was like, fuck shit, fuck, fuck shit, fuck, fuck shit, shit. If, I, if memory serves me correctly. <laughs> That's that's what I said. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty horrendous experience there. And but when that was out, oh man, I was good to go. I felt like a burden had been lifted. I felt so good. I felt so great. <laughs> man, I'm sorry, but that that's what I felt, and that's exactly what I said when she took it. I couldn't help it. It came out. I could listen. I don't know. I don't know why. Listen. Think what you want about me. But you go through that and tell me that you're you're going to be able to say praise Jesus the entire time they're pulling that out your freaking pee hole. I'm sorry, but it ain't easy to do. It ain't easy to do, my friend. I'll tell you that right now. I sound like Ron White for some reason. My voice is so raspy. Ugh. Um. Anyways. 
Oh man, I sound a little distorted too. That might be this this freaking I don't even know something. But yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's all I got for you guys. I'm not gonna keep. <laughs> I can keep going on, on and on, but it was it was nice being off work all that time. I, I I do miss that. I will say, I was ready to go when I got out of the hospital. I was on a lot of meds. They felt great. <laughs> they had me on all types of good medicine. Oh man, this stuff was good, man. Let me tell you. You know you're starting to get addicted to the meds that they're giving you when you I hate to say this, they're giving you a pill a pill splitter and you're splitting those pills into like quarters and, and eighths and oh man, you're licking the residue from it. Hell of a drug, whatever it was. I, I forget what it was. But it was good. Loved it. So I took the uh I took all them pills until they were gone. Then when they were gone, I will say one thing about the meds that I run, a lot of them I tapered off. They gave to me. I had to like taper them off over like the weeks as they went by. But um, the one thing that the extreme meds gave to me, the pain meds, were very lucid dreams, very creepy, like realistic dreams like it, things that were actually like it felt like like real life like there was a, a dr I had a dream where I was at my parents house and I had let someone in and I, I went downstairs and and I came back up and everything was gone the TV was missing <laughs> and they were like driving off with it I was like dude it, and it was so realistic and I was living at home at the time so it was like it was happening like right there it was like man so creepy so weird but yeah, besides that, uh, it wasn't a bad experience. It could have been worse. And I'm, I'm just thankful for another year of, of not having... I still go to a doctor like every six months, twice a year, check up. Actually, I think it's just once a year. Once you get pretty far out with it, they, they see it less and less. But yeah, that's my story. I guess that's all I got for you guys now. I will talk to you soon. I might pop on here on Easter Sunday. If not, happy Easter. Hope you guys enjoy time with your family and just hanging out. And yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. Until then, drive safe.